China Mart becomes Walmart as OPEC and China wanted to dollarize trade and replace dollars with a crypto central banking yuan. China Mart, in the merchandising image of Sam Walton, who worked for a Ben Franklin store in Newport, Arkansas and started his own store in Bentonville, Arkansas in 1945. He evolved into an entrepreneur when he opened his Ben Franklin store then calling it Walmart to become the Walton brand. With tiny retail store began an empire that reaches across the ocean waterways, canals, borders as Walmart named after his Walton roots. Today it is the largest retailer in the world. How can this be from that small to that big? I read his book Made in America brand, The Epidemies of a Genius at Work. His vision was a one-stop shop store in small communities in the USA and made sure that Made in America prevailed competing with the Asian Made in Japan label that was attached to everything that could be supplied cheaper and distributed through Sears, Wards, Kmart, Woolworth, Walgreens, then Franklin's, and smaller five, and dime stores. Then in shopping centers in suburbia, USA, he learned to fly his own plane and locate the population that would support a discount store the size of Kmart's in larger markets, emulating much of the Kmart, Sears, Wards, one-stop shop discount stores using economies of scale to attract value shoppers. His genius was in the using the foreign supply chains, and his own distribution of products, and his own computer dispatch computer, and trucking system. Being over a 20-year period a discount giant with worldwide distribution of foreign-produced products, and marketing of soft and hard goods at forever lower prices. This produced unparalleled wealth for the Walton family that is worth more than some countries' GDP, including Japan, South Korea, Vietnam, Tiawan, Hong Kong, Indonesia, and Malaysia. Xi Jinping has become Sam Walton for China Mart with CCP Incorporated taking over supply chain alliance in South Seas, Straits of Gibraltar, the English Channel, the Panama Canal, the Suez Canal, South America, the Pacific, Atlantic, the Isles of the Americas, the Caribbean, Latin America, and now Mexico, Central America for control of shipping distribution system of exchange rates, and drug cartel, shipping FOB for 30 countries exporting to 20 American ports, and 100 ports that export more to America than America exports to them, deemed the supply chain for global trade. Thus CCP incorporated a monopsony government, becoming the China Mart hegemon shipper using its huge 5,400 cargo ships, millions of containers manufactured by Chinese oligarchs. Controlling 90% market share using their 20 ports to load and unload their two-way cargo ships delivering 90% of global trade 100 ports worldwide. Majority loaded and unloaded in the port of Shanghai that has 14,000 acres of container inventory, color-coded, and managed using a shipping app and robotics to price, load and unload returning ships from 100 ports around the world of global, where 90% is delivered by sea. 75% using CCP Incorporated container ships, a monopoly for CCP Incorporated a monopsony creating $2 trillion in GDP per year. The cargo ships are named after English names, Goliath Atesa, of horoscope labels, and calendar names to conceal their origination. The majority to American 20 ports where the goods are unloaded from the cargo ships with manual labor, put on semi-trucks, trains, airdrop planes, delivered by manual labor to wholesalers and retailers for manual display for marketing. Charging the shipping FOB destination not FOB origination. All this does is add 25% overhead for the wholesalers and retailers to the pricing that is controlled by Chinese apps for manufacturing cost of goods sold including storage loading, shipping costs based on weight and distance excluding any cost of portage at the landed port. This is incurred by the wholesale, retail purchaser not the supplier. Tariffs of 20% taxes paid by the importers.
the largest Chinese cargo ship is Goliath 40,000 container capacity, and the Tesa 18,000 containers each has 40-foot and 20-foot containers with total container capacity of 370 million Teos. On the North American European, Atlantic and Pacific trade lanes, where the Suez and Panama Canales have been widened to allow Tesa and Goliath to pass through unhindered. The total global trade transported by China is 75% of $32 trillion global trade using American dollars as the current reference exchange rate currency, called dollarized trade. Or reference currency. OPEC a major American supplier of oil is wanting to de-dollarize trade so they can accept Russian, Indian, Latin America, Africa and Chinese currency. Dumping the dollar as the reference trade exchange rate for global trade. Then using China's new cryptocurrency named Yuan. Triggering a shift of the hegemon of global enterprise from USA Incorporated to CCP Incorporated in his book The New World Order Mr. Dalio, CEO of Bridgewater Hedge Fund, the shift has its winners and losers. Past history using Dalio's evolutionary analytics demonstrates the great cycles of history shows America's decline and China's incline to number one in the world of economies and enterprise. The Chinese Communist Party using China's wolf warrior strategy a communist politburo monopsony, and its belt of the road and seize monopoly to garner the global trade war win. Thus, historically replacing the Dutch, Great Britain and America as the dominant expansionist cycles over the last 2,000 years. Where China becomes number one in other alliances, including USSR Russia, Japan, Germany, Rome, vying for number two. Analytically, being the preference currency is the number one advantage that China proposes for their yuan cryptocurrency to be the exchange rate basis for all of global trade. While Mr. F. Dalio closing his book by saying let evolution be with you, is he investing short on America or long on China? Secondly, it's their low-cost economy, government and manufacturing that backs their Asian alliances for production of goods for sale around the world. Principally, America the Bountiful. To fund this eclipse America, it has a $1 trillion line of credit from the International Monetary Fund to invest in two tranches of $500 billion to invest in search of rare earth, lithium copper, silver gold, plutonium, each in Africa, South America, Latin America, India, Canada, Antarctica, North Pole, and Russia, for further funding their monopoly of global supply chain and shipping monopoly. Along with purchasing farmland in America, fossil fuels, natural gas supplies in Venezuela, Brazil, Cuba, and America. With the hedge funds backing in many of their projects using pension funds and 401.k mutual funds as capital generation for global takeover of global resources. Also, the G7 and G20 top countries in economics and trade. Economics meaning cost of governing and global enterprise meaning free market tenants of laissez-faire enterprise. The winner China or America takes over the currency and trade war that has been owned for 75 years by America. China realizing the financial disaster in America caused by wasting tax dollars on high cost of government at all levels that are gone by March of every year to create the brave new world of social democracy followed by the Democrat McCoys and Republicans Hatfields gridlocked Congress using the classic filibuster cop-out to fool the taxpayers that the budget is balanced. By adding borrowing from our customers, competitors, enemies, and our own people to balance a cooked budget system. With no one entity or leader accountable for any measurable analytics. Source of all figures are to be found at www.usedebtclock.org developed and maintained by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, enterprise and the U.S. budget office, economics, that don't sync up with managing the largest business ever invented. Not the Congress president, 50 governors, 1,400 mayors and 3, 142 counties or the 95,000 school board members. It's a turkey shoot in all respects. 
results of not using GAAP is a $33 trillion plus accrued interest of $17 trillion current debt. And an unrecorded obligation for Medicare $23 trillion, Social Security $31 trillion and 13 entitlements, and pensions for all 24 million bureaucrats payrolls of $2 trillion, including comprehensive health care, and pensions of $1.9 trillion annually, with non-funded pensions totaling $17 trillion, all, per the debt clock. Wasdebtclock.com, using GAP America has $184 trillion in unrecorded obligations. Underwater by $31 trillion over America's $194 trillion collateral. All of this with China having won the trade war, planning to convert their budget system to GAP so they don't fall due to lack of profits and cash flow called accrual accounting that is required by American stock and bond markets, the IRS and every commercial bank in the world. These aren't political issues but societal problems caused by incompetent lawmakers, congressional leaders, presidential candidates, judicial system including the Supreme Court, lawmakers, bureaucrats that never invented a product, started an enterprise on their own and had meet a payroll with inadequate cash flow. Resulting in 60,000 new enterprises started a month and 60,000 going out of business per month each are a monetary capitalist with borrowing or making a profit and a human capitalist investing their sweat equity for making a successful business in American free lasses fair market or file for chapter 7, 11, 10 or 13 bankruptcy, then start over by writing themselves of losing cost to too much administration or a losing product due to quality or meeting the competitive marketplace. Our leaders must realize our great country of haves and have-nots and somewhat's all go to school for education and work for money to pursue prosperity and a learn to earn and a skill to build society for their chosen business enterprise. It's not the Congress administration, president, Supreme Court who are primarily attorneys, economists, bankers, regulators, bureaucrats, or giants of industry using monetized elections that need better representation. For top-down problems we need as Charles Koch says in his book Believe in People, Bottom-Up Solutions. That's the American enterprise swing voter political party wedding American capitalism and American socialism into a laissez-faire enterprise small, medium or large for profit organization seeking profits, capital and return on their investment of monetary capital and sweat capital of the workers, who learn to earn for a skill to build for their own return on investment using the profits for their share of profits or losses. That's the essence of the American dream formula. Protecting it. Use it or lose it. Keep America great. Ask not what you can do for your party. Ask what your party can do for the country rooted in the slash American dream, aka JFK and MLK sayings from the grave. Swing voters are so-called independents or deservatives, workers, who swing left of right, liberal or conservatives, red or blue to be the referee in a gridlocked Congress to apply the filibuster in an organized platform with organization plans and outcomes. How would the swing vote party propose to fund the quasi-reorganization proposed in the American Enterprise Party trilogy? The same approach taken by the greatest American enterprise president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a Democrat, financed the building of the great American war machine in four years to defeat Hitler's war machine that took 10 years to build, with 6% war bonds sold to every American rich or poor to win the war in four years. My proposal as CEO and founder of the American Enterprise Party proposes 10-year trade war bonds be sold to every American in varying $1 to $1 million bond values paying 6% to 14% based on duration not taxation but investment in America's recovery of sovereignty, and financial stability by turning the tables on the China Mart using the strategies and tactics I have in my books and podcasts. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. Here we are on the breakfast table again. It's too cold to go on the porch. But anyway, we're kind of listening to this world of 
hatred and useless killings and beheadings and all the things that make us all fearful. And so today it's a little melancholy, so my recording uh, for this podcast is going to be the somewhat, hopefully, looking at the other side, which is Peace on Earth. Comes from a poem in My Eighth Wonder of the World. Peace, P for perfect, E for exaltation, A for all those attacks, C for the cynical warlords, and E for the excuses for both sides in the Mideast, in Israel, in Lebanon, hating and killing each other with Iran standing in the background applauding, uh, putting America down. So anyway, this is called Peace on Earth. Take one soldier, take one life for senseless purpose and peace shall cease. Take one son or daughter, take one to heaven for wrongful excuses and peace shall forever cease. Take one country, take one loss of pride, for ideology versus principle, and peace shall ever, forever cease. For peace on earth to be the perfect exaltation, God will to men, must confront an imperfect world with soldiers of goodwill, attacking cynical excuses, then peace shall never cease, nor will wars prevent abuses with the fate of the world that peace induces. So it's really my philosophy and I guess I express it in my my poetry and in my books is we need to have peaceful coexistence. Otherwise we (laughs) will kill, kill off everyone in the world and then there won't be a world, which doesn't make much sense not even close to common sense. The uh, next poem is Formula for Peace. Hand me your weapons, hand me your cause. Now contemplate your sons. Think of your daughters as you pause. Is it worth the price you pay to confront your fellow man? With fists clenched to betray, peaceful days in each other's land. I don't believe you believe it's right to forsake those you conceive. Your children justify it. Think and ponder why it is necessary to ravage God's wonder with only selfish manners to carry. Why not throw them down? Why Why not throw down your pride from your side? Make peace your sound before we all have died. That is peace. That in peace lives... Boy, am I messing this up. That in peace lives don't cease. Love and friends abide before we all have died. For a belief in the same God's absolution, that religion without reason equals revolution. That reason minus religion 
equals resolution. That perfection is reason with absolution is the solution. And the God we must, and the God we trust knows the difference. And the God we trust most knows the difference. <coughs> Excuse me for the stumbling on these uh, words that I recited one time or another. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Well, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Around the breakfast table. Okay. Uh, what is this thing about Chinese footprint that uh, we were talking about? Um, about how Chinese, the Chinese capitalism and the China dream are similar or are they the opposite of the American capitalism and the American socialism wedded by the American dream that I've written about? They seem to be just the opposite. What do you think? Jerry. She says she doesn't know. So, okay. Here we go again. Yeah, I like to hear your explanations. Okay. And I either agree with them or I don't. <laughs> I, I think people don't realize that the China is operating on a plan. A they've had a hundred year plan and a fifty year plan and a now down to a ten year plan. You mean to take over everything? Well, it, underlying that is to be the dominant um, yeah. country or uh, uh, philosophy, or they they don't believe in religion. They they like to destroy the the whole facet of of opposition by Fulan Gong or or a religious sect because that becomes too personal. They, their culture that they are pro- professing now is to control uh, the individual, is not allow them to have the freedom of expression or uh, uh, prosperity. But the Chinese footprint strategy is to carry this this Chinese Chinese capitalism, which would be, in in their vernacular, a huge uh, corporation run by one person, who then has a Politburo for, to, for carrying out those edicts or values uh, around the world. It's no different than Stalin or or. Um, Hitler or uh, Mu Zedong, uh, you know, you know the names of those that profess uh, control from the top down to squelch any issues or problems from the bottom up. So it's all about control. And then on the other side of the coin from 
absolute control from the top, we have so-called absolute control from the bottom up, which is what the American capitalism and American socialism is to be built upon, which would then be called the American dream. Well, that's different than I've been hearing. I've heard that capitalism and socialism are enemies. Capitalism is is a freedom of not just expression, but um, work and success and prosperity. And uh, and then the American the socialism, American socialism, is where uh, we've enabled government to control all that. So they they were our arch enemies, the the McCoys and Hatfields that shoot each other and kill each other and never get anywhere. Well, uh, is America just the other side of the coin from China? Well, I said I would say it, it's intended to be, but we're evolving just as China is evolving. I mean, China's evolving into having a religious sect, Fulan Gong, opting out of the Chinese party and creating all kinds of cultural upheaval, which is being put down by eliminating, in in the mind of the Politburo, eliminating Fulan Gong, as did Stalin in Russia when when the um, religious believers were uh, destroyed. They were killed off they they are not the 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 communist or commune is not going to allow for personal views to override the, those of the leaders the ruling class well what do, what do we have in america that is different well it's evolving uh, in the beginning when it was just the the uh, Pilgrims coming in and having to survive and developing the ability to trade corn for beans and clothing for uh, for for gold coins and and the whole uh, philosophy and concept of free market exchange was invented um, by the pilgrims in America. And it has evolved into the plantations, which committed some sins by using slave labor to uh, enable them to trade their their products with other um, emerging concepts of business and companies and corporations. And uh, and to today, which now is all founded upon American capitalism. That's the shareholders and the stock market and the bankers and the loans and the debt and and has has teamed up with American socialism, which are the workers, uh, the labor unions, the the uh, re- religious believers, all trying to get a balancing act here in America to avoid becoming what China has become and is then in reverse becoming because of the impact of a rejection of the in, a rejection when it becomes inhumane. So who's going to win out? Um, at this point, America 
as as the sole winner probably from the Amer- from the second world war emerging as the the hegemon in not only trade but in a classical po- political culture or uh, values as a democracy that it had really imp- um, um, I can't spit it out here. It all came from the Greeks and the Romans, as they had they had a Congress, they had the Senate and the House and the and the, the rule of law and and uh, sharing of the the prosperity. The only problem with that is that they had a leader that wanted to expand their land grab into other areas of the world. And while he was gone, the Senate uh, devised a different approach where they wanted to be the uh, leader, not Caesar. (coughs) So uh, Caesar was assassinated by Brutus. And uh, in that happening, uh, the statement had to... Brute was formulated as you shall um, self-destruct yourself. So what's happening now in the whole process of of America evolving, evolution into a huge government of the ruling class, we now have our own Politburo. And it is, in my estimation, the death wish for the American capitalism and American socialism working together in every day and every business, as it does, small, medium, and large, and is the backbone of our economy, which is is the cost of doing business. It isn't the business itself. The economies of scale are there built in there to scale back your high cost of your economy. And enterprise is the other side that says we need to make a profit. We need to set aside funds to pay bills that we are, we're going to incur, incur in the future because of policies we make today. So it's just another form of an evolving um, monarchy. And we've allowed it to get to the point where we're passing, uh, proposing 440,000 new laws a year at every level. That's in Washington and every state level and city and, and, and county where we're implementing controls over laissez-faire enterprise. And so we're taking away the very thing that makes America great, the freedom to fail. And what does that mean? Well, we're the only country in the world that has bankruptcy laws that allows uh, each individual entrepreneur or company or even the country to file for bankruptcy. And the first step of that is Chapter 11 or Chapter 10 for government where you're allowed to create a creditor's committee who then, through a plan of quasi-reorganization, starts to scale off the waste and get down to the break-even point. 
and from that point on create profits and cash flow that creates more capital for growth. And that would be the, 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 the role of the stock market and the banking uh, bankers uh, and, and they're getting a return on their investment. That's uh, what you do. Cre- credit card companies, that's what the accountants do, is they, they are the ones that are the bean counters and then report on the basis of um, the outcome. It's not just about income. It's really on the basis of profitability, which is, a, is the outcome that we use to pay future bills off that we've created today that we then have to, it's called accruals, we have to accrue and put aside cash to pay future bills for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, the things that we've promised, 13 different entitlements, food stamps, disability, workman's comp, uh, uh, unemployment, all of the giveaways of the great society that suddenly is encumbered us forever uh, as a functioning enterprise or business. And in these instances where the, the debt exceeds our capability of paying off our obligations, there becomes a, a threat of dissolution and, and, and payoff of all those and let the, the government or, or the business be damned. Well, it, within the Constitution, it does say that the government should not borrow more than it earns. Thomas Jefferson inserted that. Well, today we have evolved into where our debt exceeds our ability to pay by 135%. It's the first time ever that that's happened. And, and what are we doing about it? Well, it's not up to we. It's not up to you and I. It's up to those leaders that are, are now responsible, whether they want to accept the responsibility or not, for putting us in this position, whether they're red, white, or blue, or, or left or right, or, or Democrat or Republican. Because we have an, a ruling class of very elite, wealthy individuals, none of which... Most of them are attorneys, none of which have really started a business or, or invented anything or had to meet a payroll. And now we, the government has a total government payroll of 24 million people. At every level, we have uh, government employees receiving probably twice as much as is earned on average in the private sector, along with fully paid health care, fully paid pensions, and, and and taking the position that it's it, that it's uh, free enterprise's fault, and we should have more rules and regulations, which do nothing but inhibit uh, and make less profit or cash flow. A big example right now is that the Green New Deal says we need to do away with our the way we produce energy. And so the biggest money maker that we have is is the is the um, the energy products of coal, fossil fuels, natural gas, polar solar energy, and also nuclear energy, which we had become independent from the rest of the world by utilizing what we have here, which 
the most natural resources in the world. And that includes our farmland, which is just another uh, form of uh, enterprise. So what's, what's going to happen with this huge um, monarchy that we've created here, whether it's being run by 535 uh, individuals? That's 435 in the House, that's 100 in the Senate, nine in the Supreme Court, and a president that control everything. They make all the laws, they make all the budgets, they make all the decisions, and then they want to blame uh, free market enterprise for not producing enough. That's the reason we have to, to borrow. Well, in my opinion, we're borrowing that in, inhibits the very freedoms that we need to produce profits and capital and realize that capital and and people work together. And that is America. And to keep America great, we have to focus on how we expand the, the freedoms of enterprise, not how to control it. Because just like the climate, it's way bigger when you try to control it than if you just... Uh, go along with evolution in terms of the uh, benefits that it provides our each individual. And each individual is their own government uh, in terms of their contribution to the, the greater good. So we have to focus on the freedoms of the individual so they produce <coughs> and, and, and collectively we become great. Not great because of our Senate or our House or our, the very things that ultimately destroyed Rome are in the process of de destroying America because we cannot compete with the monarchies or the dictatorships uh, without our free market enterprise. And ironically, the, those other types of, of governments eventually self-destruct. So as we become a monarchy with control by our 535 individuals, uh, we have then inherited what's happened in the British Empire and the Dutch Empire, the previous big cycles, and we will then be recycled out of this and China will take over just on the basis of them controlling the world trade um, supply lines and shipping and distribution uh, at this point because we have had leadership that did not prepare us for any competition when it comes to uh, laissez-faire enterprise because what they're practicing in those countries is not free enterprise. It is a... Um, giant monopsony. And monopsony means it's a buyer and seller of last resort. It's an economic term that, that I have learned when it comes to health care. When you have somebody like uh, the government uh, um, being the, the supplier of health care and also the, the, the um, decider of, of the rules and, um, and what they'll pay, they're, they're the, 
the provider and the payor for health care, it becomes corrupt. And that's what's happening in America when it comes to our economy and our um, values, is they are becoming more like China than we thought we could turn China into more like us. <clears throat> and the reverse is true. I think that's been stated by other politicians that won't have a, a solution to that. Uh, my view of a solution is to keep America great on the basic principles of humanism, is that we need to serve each individual, and each individual needs to serve America. So ask not what you can do for your political party, ask what you can do for your country. And at this time, uh, America is 135% in the, in, underwater, uh, 30, $30 trillion of obligations that we haven't provided for exceed our capability of paying them. And China is coming up from behind us, overthrowing our concept of a free market enterprise with a monopsony government, which is really a communist approach to governing, which is the Politburo with one leader, Ping. And they've put making their footprint throughout the world. They are in the process of taking over the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, the Import-Export Bank Rules on Exchange, the UN. They are also setting up alliances, trade alliances, with the whole South Seas uh, uh, um, consortium of, of Japan and Korea and Philippines and Vietnam and India and Africa. Um, then they've in, infiltrated into uh, South America and Central America to utilize uh, a way of conquering the American work ethic through drug distribution. And at this point, some half of Americans are on some form of mind-altering uh, substance. It's a little scary when you think about it. It happened in Russia with, uh, with uh, alcohol, with vodka, and the results of that is people tend to just stay home and, and, and drink or on the street as a vagrant or in the ghettos uh, creating criminals that'll, if we don't give it to them, they'll take it. That's all the, the vision of what's happening and crumbling in the American society. And it's because of, of bad leadership. The leadership at all levels is not accountable for this happening when they are causing it. With too many laws and regulations, the stifling of the American dream, the entrepreneurs now cannot go bankrupt like they used to. They're wanting to impose restrictions on bankruptcy, which is, is idiotic. So unless we, the people, have government by the people, of the people, for the people, as it was designed in the Constitution, we have to start undoing the, the harm done by uh, a, a, a group of elite, wealthy, but not enterprising leaders mostly of those that are in the 
the intellectual class, not in the working class, such as attorneys. 96% of, of, of our Congress is made up of attorneys. And if they aren't attorneys, they're public health officials, physicians, or they're professors training uh, the attorneys on how to control America. So we have our own Politburo. We have a Congress. And it's now gridlocked. So we really basically have a uniparty that wants to control everything, either call it a Democrat or a Republican. They're going to control everything. So we've built our own monarchy, which then turns into a dictatorship. And as Aristotle said, we only have three types of government. That's dictators, totalitarian, monarchy, which is another form of totalitarianism, and democracy, which, if you aren't careful, will turn right back into a monarchy and then a uh, dictatorship. So it evolves. The, the America is evolving. What's the definition of a monarchy? A monarchy is from the past. It's where we had a king and a queen, and they assumed their power through inheritance and the religious concept that you have to inherit your power because you are endowed that power by some higher power. Mm-hmm. So, it's a relative. so it's a it's a form of of control. Yeah. And in Great Britain, well, well the way the Dutch the Dutch <laughs> the Dutch became the great society was that through their um, ability to uh, charter the seas and take over the oceans uh, of the world as they explored the world and found different areas and then taking over and colonizing those. And then the Brits, <coughs> under the same concept, set up colonies all over Africa, South America, um, Europe, and uh, were on the verge of, of what I would call bankruptcy when their ta- tax rate was over 90-some percent on the, on the taxpayers in Great Britain who were then impoverished. And finally, uh, Margaret Thatcher became into the parliament as the first female um, with a plan to um, save Great Britain, which was to decolonize their obligations and let their colonies become independent and self, uh, self-governing, uh, which meant that cut off all that tremendous overhead that the, that the British taxpayers were having to, to, or were being encumbered by, and saved Great Britain, but not soon enough for the Second World War where they lost most of their prosperity fighting, fighting the First World War and the Second World War. So they, they went on the decline, and then America then went on the incline due to the, to the Second World War that was funded by war bonds by the greatest president we had, entrepreneur or not, was Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who created the businesses through war bonds 
to build the greatest war machine ever invented and to overcome Hitler's, which it took him 10 years to build, and won the Second World War. And those same businesses then evolved into creating the greatest em enterprise ever known to man that has evolved to the point where it is now uh, the consumer of the world because we have allowed the actual uh, supply of, of those goods and services to be taken over by other countries around the world. We've either taught them how to do it or they've stolen the ideas and are doing, doing them better and faster and, and uh, more economically than we can. So we've become the consumer of the world, which at this point in time is bankrupting us because we are not any longer uh, making a profit off of the production of these products and services that's been sent overseas where China became, had the biggest wealth transfer of all time in the terms of trillions of dollars to the point that they now have 17 trillion in GDP and we have 24 trillion going down and they're coming up. And as, as Dalio, a hedge funder, is, is analyzed in his books, in his book, um, the, um, the new, new World Order, where there are some winners and losers, China being the winner and America being the biggest loser. And his viewpoint, due to evolution, and, and his 18 determinants, China will take over in this next decade as the number one. Um, it's an alliance. It isn't just a country. They have aligned themselves with, with 30 other countries that now supply more to us than we import to them which is called the trade imbalance. So we lose a, a trillion a year on the fact that we have now transferred the profits to 30 other countries, and we now have to borrow from those countries uh, to the tune of seven trillion in treasury bills and all kinds of warped treasury policies or um, economies to the point that we are now bankrupt uh, and our leaders are not acknowledging that. They're hiding, they're hiding the fact that the taxes that they collect are gone by the first three months of the year, except for property taxes and sale tax, sales taxes. That would be income taxes to support the government. So the support of, a, of our huge 24 million employee government is all on borrowed money for the rest of the year. And we're borrowing that from our competitors and our enemies. Or the, our Treasury Department is, is printing up fiat dollars, which is called uh, debt. And during the pandemic, that was 300 years of currency they printed to, to, to pay out what I would call bribery of our economy to shut it down. Of, and it cost $9 trillion for the pandemic, and it was all printed by the by the U.S. Treasury, which is now run by the Federal Reserve. What was, your, what was your question? How do we fix it? Well, I guess it took me a mouthful to get that out, but the way we fix it is we, I have written in three books, the solution. 
we cannot treat this as political issues and and it's going to be resolved by the McCoys and Hatfields or the gridlock in Congress because all they want to do is take over the monarchy and make it put it further in debt as they've 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 extended the debt limit seventy nine different times. The only thing that'll limit the debt is a bankrupt country. But the way we fix it is my volume one of the American Enterprise Swing Vote Party to drain the swamp and to rein in Big Brother and the Brotherhood is to have a third party that represents the great American enterprise. It's called the American Enterprise Party that would have voters that come from uh, the working class. It's not a labor union. It's now to have to be the voice of the bottom-up solution from by the people, for the people, of the people as the swing vote. The Democratic Party will be there representing what they represent, which is typically, uh, it was supposedly the workers, and they failed on that, and now they represent big money, and the Republicans used, used to be the savior of the country on the basis of, of corporations and profits, now are being run by stakeholders, <coughs> neither of which will save America from itself. Because now we need to go back to the principles that make us great. That's uh, laissez-faire, free market enterprise. What's going to represent that? Well, that'll be the swing vote party. The referee for these other two parties that take their stances the way they have, and we bring everything, pull everything to the middle. Pull the extremes towards the middle, and that is the road to prosperity. That's the road to profit. That's the road to being able to pay down our debt over the next 10 to 20 years that we've obligated our next generations to, and then become what we've promised everyone, the, 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 a free country. We don't have a free country now. We have a country on the verge of revolution, either because of color or, or uh religion or nationality or gender or, or whatever the, 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 the reason for the day is, we're just, we're just a brewing pot for gangs taking over downtown or taking over uh, suburbia or whatever they can take because we're, they don't feel that we've given it to them. And we've got a society of takers. We don't have a society that we used to have when Delano Roosevelt put Rosie the Riveter to work. The women and the men now are equal in terms of the obligation for supporting our huge overhead, which is called government. Somehow we have to scale that government down to a size that fits the need. We do not need them passing five, uh, proposing 40,000 laws a year to control our freedoms and and passing at least 5,000 of those that cost $250 billion just to try to implement that are inhibiting our ability to um, generate cash flow, capital, and sustain our status in the world. The Green New Deal is dead on arrival. There is no, there's no substantive reasons for doing that. We're not going to control 
Mother Nature, Father Time, El Nino and La Nina, and the oceans and the and the universe, the galaxy, or the cosmos. That controls us. And if you don't know that, then you're an idiot. And the idiots are now trying to take over our country with wealth of a propaganda machine that is unbelievable. It's routed into everybody's handheld uh, phone, which is now uh, a, a control device to control society through our TVs and through our political uh, gridlock. So unless you believe in self-determination and self-preservation, you've opted into a, a commune where the leader leads the followers and the followers follow the followers into drug addiction and staying home and letting somebody else have to worry about it. Because now the half the half the country have one or two or four chronic diseases because of poor health care standards and poor health care um, habits and having the pharmaceuticals inventing a pill for everything, which every then they have the side effects that create other worse problems. So is this just all a, a rant on your part, Mr. Rose, to to just leave us hanging here? No, I'm here to try to educate the voters that they need to have the 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 power of the vote. And if that has to be the swing vote only, then we need to take over from the ruling class and the elite and put them back into the role of helping us create solutions for this this crash that they have in themselves uh, invented and created. And if, unless we go back to the basic essentials of humanism, where we all have the, the responsibility and obligation to contribute to the recovery, which is on the principles of the ten tenets of, of free enterprise, which is risk and reward, and let the free market dictate that, and that we are here for the prosperity of the country, not our political party. So that's the solution, and, and the and the first volume is all on on why we have to do it because the founding fathers knew this would happen. That's why they didn't put the two party in the two parties in the constitution. But since we've inherited that, we, the, I believe we should have three parties in the constitution, and one of them has to be of the people, for the people, by the people, to be the referee for the the elite ends of the intellectual and the, and and those with the power of uh, institutions um, are kept honest. That we have a balance here of trade along with our institutional um, uh, constraints that work together to keep America great. And so volume two then covers how do you set up a quasi-reorganization to to reduce the waste and the cost of government. It's called It's called a haircut. We have to start giving the waste and, and, and those obligations that we've made to other countries where they stole our technology and write down the debt that, that, that they deserve to absorb because of that. And uh, then the, the third part of that is we have to institute, reinstitute the basic principles of, of the Constitution, democracy, and free laissez-faire free market enterprise, which has made us great. We don't have to make ourselves great. We are great. 
were the greatest that's ever been invention, invented by enterprise, not invented by either a capitalist or a worker. But the combination of those two working together is the power of America under peaceful coexistence, which is what we should be carrying to the world, not more weapons of mass destruction to fund uh, our behind-the-scenes warring with Russia and uh, Hamas and all these religious wars that will continue to eat up our resources. And the Green New Deal, all this threat of climate change, is just another distorted way to, to use fear as the weapon against the people themselves. So in, those, in the third volume is, is who, who are we the people, of the, of the people, by the people, for the people. We are the, the, the people that invent things and then we create things and we then take them to market where uh, in many instances those that are, are, are either smarter or have more money start to take the credit for uh, things that they never invented or never could uh, invent. So we have to have a balance between the, the political power and the entrepreneurial power and the voting power. And that takes a swing vote third party. So this is proposing that there is a problem. We have to solve it. We can't call it an issue for later generations. Our Treasury Secretary, who is incompetent currently, currently proposing a 100-year Treasury bill so we can borrow more money and push it off to the next century. We cannot have people in our, in our leadership, our presidency, our Congress, our cabinets, our governorship, our manorial, that don't have two sides of the coin when it comes to um, being a leader. And that is the economy, which is the cost of, of things, and the enterprise, which is the profit side. We lose sight of that. It is not a zero-based equation. It is not taking from one to give it to another. It's so all of us can have more. So that is the essence of the three volumes of the American Enterprise Party swing vote. And if you have the patience to listen to all this, hopefully you'll share it with your family and your friends and those you consider to be followers. We have to have more than the followers of the propaganda machine following those that follow the followers right into the into the bankruptcy that we're now facing. Thank you for listening. Good morning, America. This is Jerry Rhodes coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Today's topic, what makes America the greatest and most vulnerable? Number one, free market enterprise, not just pure capitalism or socialism, but Americanism, monetary capital working with human capital to build enterprises, where America is vulnerable, allowing oligarchs or monopolies or monopsonies to take over our media, social media, and distribution systems. Number two, enterprising American workers, not just robots called bots, but real live human beings. Pursuing happiness through work for family, lifestyle, 
in other words, of a successful standard of living. Not just being rich and famous, ending in divorce and broken families, but just the opposite. Where America is vulnerable is the capitalist investors aren't sharing. The wealthy are not sharing within the enterprising system with the enterprising workers, resulting in union strikes and destruction of our productivity system. So in other words, what we have here is a watering down of the strength of what I'm calling Americanism, where capital, monetary capital, and human capital come together every day in our enterprises, small, medium, and large. We're losing that traction because we're battling each other within the two-party system, where I'm proposing that we have a third party representing enterprising Americans, not a labor union, not a fraternity, but a third party that is an enabler for pulling America together, not dividing it the way things are being done now. It really is the solution by building our foundation upon what makes us great, which is free market enterprise. Number three, ownership of property and businesses, which I'm calling enterprises, starting small and growing in prosperity and security, such as you own your own home, automobile, You have investments in an education, property, stocks, savings accounts, and retirement security. Where America is vulnerable is where our democracy is dominated by the golden rule. Those with the gold rule, and currently they're ruling with debt and deficit spending that is beyond liquidation. So what happens in in the enterprise or business world, if you get in that point where you are insolvent uh, and then become bankruptcy because you cannot pay your current liabilities of $31 trillion, you keep raising the debt limit beyond uh, conceivable uh, liquidation, and you're losing the uh, international or global balance of trade. Four, having a say in life's successes and problem solving. Being a problem solver, not a problem maker. A great team member and a winning organization or free enterprise business. Either your own or someone else's, giving you the opportunity of ownership and profit sharing. When our government officials are being the checkers, not the enablers of expanding the gross domestic product and reducing or amortizing debt and interest and fixed burden costs created by more laws and more regulations, endangering the profit motive of the free market enterprise. In other words, government is the largest employer and the least accountable and the most uh, controlling in a free market. 
Five, having a vote in elections that are secure, where America is vulnerable due to a two-party system and gridlock, crying out for an alternative, calling for better leadership, where America is vulnerable due to not having a secure system by allowing everyone to vote regardless of citizenship and proof of that standing. Supposedly, in a democracy, anyone can run for office in a free country, but only those with the gold can run everything from mayor to governor to senator to house rep to president. Six, we must produce our products, not just sell them. Where America uses its small to medium-sized enterprises to create better products and processes before we start giving away our technology and trade agree- with trade agreements without capturing gross domestic product that exceeds our fixed overhead spent on big government and the war machine. <clears throat> America is vulnerable for not truly being the peacemaker to the world of autocrats and warlords who want to steal our prosperity for evil purposes. Seven, having leadership that is experienced in the first six successes despite vulnerabilities. Our leadership in the world is where America is most vulnerable. We have become the enabler of our competitors to own the supply lines as we have have become the wholesalers and retailers for their products, which really originated as our products, using our inventions, technologies, and ideas by reverse engineering engineering our profitable products and selling them back to us, plus shipping, distribution, and marketing costs. So in other words, we've given away the trade secrets and... They made them better, raised the price, added shipping and distribution costs to that, and all of a sudden we have a trillion dollar per year loss of profit. It's not just a trade imbalance. We're losing money every year and have been since World War II under some of these crazy trade agreements that were negotiated by politicians, uh, not business people. None of the, of the decision makers in, the, in those instances had ever invented a product, started a business, paid, covered a payroll, and made, made the company profitable. So how do we reverse this challenge to our sovereignty, solvency, and number one position in the world? America needs an offensive game plan of quasi-reorganization first, which means that we're going to cut fixed costs down to the break-even point. And right now, the biggest fixed cost is the cost of government. That's what drove businesses overseas, not just that it was lower labor costs and then we say it was child labor, in China and Vietnam and the Indo-China 
countries is false. Because now, if you go and look on these videos, they are very prosperous. Everyone's working. And who are they working for? They're working for, usually, an autocracy or a warlord or a dictator. And they have very low overhead because they don't have unions. They don't have all of the regulations that have been heaped on American businesses. So we would have to cut our 24 million government workers, leaving aside the first responders, and get our fixed costs, which is, is cost of government because they're not producing anything except laws and, and more regulations. So we need to get down to the break-even point. That's the way it's done in, in American businesses that are troubled. Um, uh, former, he wasn't former president, he ran for president. Romney, his company, specialized in taking over businesses, cutting their fixed costs down to the break-even point till they made profit and then sell them off. America needs to do the same thing under an offensive game plan, and it's called quasi-reorganization, Chapter 11 of the Bankruptcy Code. I've been told, oh, the federal government cannot go bankrupt. Well, within the Constitution, it says that the government shall not spend more than it takes in. So interpreting that, yes, we can do a quasi-reorganization game plan. So we have to correct the mistakes of past administrations, presidencies, legislatures, House, Senate, gridlock, all those things that have caused America to be in this position. And the current structure of our institutional branches of government have to be accountable. Instead of having two parties gridlocked and vying for control, we, have a, we will have a three or multiple party voting system with a third party swing vote that keeps our strengths in the, front, in the forefront of our national priorities. An international platform being peace with strength of our natural resources, inventive small businesses or enterprises, and growth for the world gross domestic product thereby solving poverty, hunger, using humanism. Okay, well now you read that. What are you really saying here? Humanism is to prevail over the other isms, the racism, Marxism, fascism, all of those negative connotations and gaining bad results. It's humanism where we, as a team, uh, format our efforts according to objectives. What do we want to accomplish? Well, we want to take back the trade imbalance. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you have to look at the current situation, what, what's causing us to lose the trade imbalance. Well, like I said, we have allowed somehow the technology and the trade secrets to be picked up, stolen, or um, an American company is now located in those countries. And for some reason or another, the 
technology and trade secrets leak out and picked up, reversed engineered, such in China, and then the price at, at the price, higher price, because the it's not child labor. It's 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 individuals in China pursuing the China dream. And they have a China dream. They have a China capitalism and they have a China socialism. But it's not built on the same concept of free opportunity. So not everyone is equal here or there. But the pursuit of profit and the profit sharing is all based upon a central government. So it's a down, it's government down, not government up. It's not government of the people, for the people, by the people. It's for the government, for the Politburo, by the Politburo, of the Politburo. So their version of enterprise is not freedom. We have democracy. In China, they have autocracy. The difference there is that all individuals in this country are free to choose. In those countries, they are assigned, and they are now a part of an army, not a part of an enterprise. And so the dynamics of this is we will win every time if our game plan is organized and focused on objectives. So what's our objectives? Cut fixed costs. Well, what are the big, biggest fixed costs for trade? Well, it's shipping. You know, now we're trying to get it from a far-off country, such as China, across two seas and get it to the ports, the 20 American ports in this instance. It's, it's happening all over the world, but China has 5,400 cargo ships. They also make the containers that they put the products in. And there are other countries utilizing their ships and their containers. And they ship through both oceans to the East Coast and the West Coast, and they're charging us shipping. It's not loaded pricing. It's, it, it's loaded pricing, not landed pricing. So in other words, we're paying for the products at their price, which includes now the technology it took to reverse engineer it and make it better, and selling it to our wholesalers and retailers, plus shipping. So it's landed cost in the pricing. So we're now absorbing the cost of getting it from there to here, and then we are also absorbing the cost to unload it onto our um, uh, semi-trucks and our rail, railroads, railroad cars, and then covering the cost of getting it to the wholesalers and retailers' distribution system. So by the time it gets to that point, we've lost money. What we need to do in this trade agreement or it's got to be more dynamic now than a trade agreement. It has to be with a quasi-reorganization agreement with the companies in this country. This is our game plan.
that at this point they're supplying. We're not going to change that supply line quickly, but we can change how we uh, pay for their products. So now we reverse, we're not reverse engineering, we're reversing the very cost of distribution back to the supplier. And in doing that, their costs rise, and you say, well, they'll just increase the price. Well, that's, that's their problem. They then have to manage their costs better rather than just pricing on the basis of plus landed costs, and we lose the money. So what would this take? Well, this takes leadership. This takes a whole strategy that we turn the tables on those that export more to us than, than import from us. And in doing so, we then go back to making money on our technology, ideas, and enterprises. So now we're, not, now we're playing enterprise, monopoly board, not uh, a monopsony board which allows China to dictate prices plus shipping plus distribution done by us on their schedule. So if their ships don't make it across the ocean quick enough, then we hurt for our distribution system. So they're going to have to be held accountable for the time it takes, for what it, what it costs once they get it here to be covered within the trade agreement. We're not going to erase global trade. The world has shrunk to the point that it's, it's, it's a dynamic that we need to utilize to teach the rest of the world free enterprise because they're not practicing free enterprise. They're practicing oligarch uh, enterprise where in China, the large Chinese companies are <coughs> uh, committed to Xi Jinping and the Politburo. So they have a monopsony where the government is controlling everything. The monopsony is the other side of monopoly. They're utilizing their oligarchs as monopolies to allow a monopsony then to sell everything They'll, they'll basically buy it at wholesale and sell it to us at, at, at retail. And now they control the flow of profitability and gross domestic products. Because in the process, they, their GDP has grown from in the hundreds of thousands to now into the trillions, 14 trillion over the last 20, 30, 40 years under three or four, five presidents that had no idea what they were doing on a global basis. And it's, this is not a shooting war, this is a trade war. We're losing, they're winning. So we have to, with our quasi-reorganization, cut our fixed costs, get rid of this, the size of this government we have at all levels, and all of the 40,000 bills that are proposed every year by these legislatures with no vision of how we're going to win the trade war. Because our country is great. This is what it says, what, what makes America the greatest, but we're vulnerable for, in, 
non-accountable government and unaccountable leadership because we've allowed the two parties to blame each other. And both parties would just as soon be the only party. They would like to have eight years and then extend it to another eight. <coughs> and the red and the blue parties fighting the McCoys and Hatfields is what's ca causing us to lose our vision. And our vision is, is that within the Constitution and, the, and democratic government, which is not intended to be top-down, it's meant to be from bottom-up, according to our founders, and the way the Constitution was written would support uh, from the grassroots up to Washington, D.C., or our state capitals. Well, what, what has to change there? Well, the Republic has 50 uh, separate enterprises. Each state has its own responsibility for managing its own gross domestic product. To be profitable, they have to imp implement the same concept I'm talking about uh, globally, is the governors have to be accountable for the leadership of a game plan of quasi-reorganization in their state to start a, a, establishing accountability. They have to be measured right now. No governor is measured by anything except the votes that they can, they can attract by spending more money than their opponent. And they don't come up with any game plan for increasing their gross domestic product. Matter of fact, one doesn't know what the other one is. We need to have them competing for the one with the best gross domestic product and the best trade balance and the lowest divorce rate, the lowest abortion rate, the lowest number of guns in circulation, analytics that would not only measure financial success, but societal success. Right now, none of this is done. So the whole plan of quasi-reorganization has to establish accountability at every level, down to the mayors and the county commissioners and to the school boards, and everybody's operating as if we're um, the NFL because we're going to have a Super Bowl and we're going to find which state is the best at leadership managing the processes that haven't been set up yet. We literally have to set up our measuring instrument, which is now going to be the cloud and, and the, the software and, and um, the, what do they call it, blockchain software, so we can track everything individually and it all grows up into a, a measuring stick for each governor and each mayor. So they now are held responsible, not for a budget that is cash in and cash out, and all of them would have a deficit if they, because they include borrowing in the, in the cash in side. It's, it's, it's been admitted in certain states that we're gonna, said they were gonna go to generally accepted accounting principles. What does that mean? Well, that means no longer is, is the incurred debt, short-term current debt and long-term debt, not included in, 
a set of financial records so we can measure on the accrual basis where we are using generally accepted accounting principles because you're recording what you owe, what you have coming in, and what you're spending. That then would report your surplus or retained earnings. We're talking about earnings. Each state now is a, a, a giant enterprise which we would not call a monopsy or a monopoly, but a, 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 a free enterprise system where each state is winning the, the trade war for their, for their workers. They're enterprising Americans. They're enterprising Americans are risk takers. They're willing to risk going with a certain set of companies that are within that state. And those can't, companies need to be measured on the same basis as I'm say we're going to measure um, governors. Presidents of companies need to be, have some responsibility for what, how they are sharing the wealth that they're creating and how it affects the stakeholders as well as the shareholders. Are they a good participant in the society of their state? for not-for-profits, churches, institutions that support uh, the needy. So, and, and the whole goal is to reduce the number of, of needy, uh, which would also be a, a criteria of how, how much are you spending on the entitlements, the unemployment, the disability, the food stamps, the 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 uh, minimum wage, uh, those entitlements that we have labeled as giveaways would no longer be giveaways. They are all a part of a benefit system that enterprising, risk-taking Americans would receive as they, it's called risk and reward, within the, t the tenants, 10 tenants of Free enterprise, it specifies how there is a whole system of sharing in the gross domestic product of a particular company, of a particular county, a city, and state. And then annually, based on this blockchain software, we can do it now because we have the technology to do that, we're measuring and holding accountable at every level of the republic for the purpose of producing profitability, which is then shared with those that are taking the risk and making the Maharishi. We've got to go there tomorrow at 11.30. They've demanded that they have the results of the... This is a poem from the Ninth Wonder of the World. It's called Equality. Man is born free to be equal, not born equal to be free. Not white, not black, not yellow, not tan, or red. It is only skin instead. Woman is born to be free equally, not born a man, not born rough, not born tough, not strong enough or gruff. It is only what is within her skin. So race or woman, take heed. Hear your calling, but remember your breed. We cannot have mares without a steed. 
and nightmares without God's speed in color and creed. Equality is only in the mind of the beholder, and by design we are all getting older, and when it is time to hear the bell chime, being equal isn't worth a dime. It is the justice or the crime that makes the man and woman and race equally free, sublime. According to Worldwide Metrics, America is number one in health care per capita costs and 38th in quality of health. As life expectancy is going down for the first time ever. On the other hand, Singapore, a nation of 5 million people is number one in quality and last in cost per capita. And have only 58 COVID-19 deaths. Why are they better than any other country in the world? Because they have a collaboration between individual funded universal insurance, government administration of the rules and collective funding of the safety nets for their aging and indigent population. Read the book Healthcare for All, a public-private enterprise, by Jerry Rhodes, to get the transition to a comprehensive healthcare for all insurance plan. My America the Bountiful, by Jerry Rhodes published in the Eighth Wonder of the World, My America, is the feeling of freedom. It's the feeling good when you get up in the morning and can decide what you're going to do that day, who you're going to see, and what you're going to say. It's the feeling, that you can make a difference. It's the feeling you can produce your product, you can sell your produce, and you can benefit from your hard work, unhindered. Tease the feeling, when you help your children with their homework so they will be able to use their knowledge for growth, for maturity, for the good of the country. It's the feeling, when you send them off to school, knowing they will receive a concerned teacher's attention, sensitivity, and guidance. And knowing as they grow up, they will thrive on their freedom to communicate, to express themselves, to direct their own destiny. It's the feeling, when they graduate from grade school, junior high, and high school that they are taking the steps toward a better life. And when you give their hand away in matrimony, that happiness shall be theirs. For together as husband and wife, they can create the same and even more opportunities for their offspring. It's that feeling, when you can unchain your dog and watch her run free for at least a little while, to watch the expression on her face when she's released from the shackles and the sadness that reappears when she must be chained. It's the feeling, of being in good health, happy with my spouse, with a family as my wealth, as my America is the opportunity to pursue such prosperity unbridled and unfettered. My America, is the freedom of choice, to buy the bread I want to buy, to acquire the goods I can afford to acquire, to invest the capital I have saved in ventures I want to take for the love of my family and my country. My America, is being able to communicate, in writing, speaking, and in whatever form language takes, my opinions, my thoughts, my prayers, my visions, and my dreams to those who want to listen and to those enemies of the American way, whom in themselves, have not discovered America. My America, is being free to vote for the leaders, regardless of party affiliation, that will pursue fewer laws, less regulations, lower taxation through less government, patriotic philosophy of self-preservation and self-worth under one flag, indivisible, under one God, by the people, for the people, of the people. My America, is the blooming rose that has the freedom to grow toward a clear sky and a warm sun, being able to complete its cycle from bloom to plumage to autumn to a dormant grave, only to rise again. My America is the personal commitment to profit from opportunities that will better the country and to set an example for those who follow. What you give must be proportionate to what you take, or the erosion shall remove the sky, the sun, the earth from our grasp. For in our America and the world, resources are limited, the energy, though absolute, is redistributed by our wills. The more astute, the freer we are to create, the better the use of the resources. And left in God's hands, through our America, we create goodwill, good products, good people, and peace of mind. My America the Bountiful, oh yes, my America, 
the vision of the poet, the words of the orator, and the minds of the leaders be kind, be patient, be wise, but above all be humble to the reasons and the heritage of our freedom. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil ventures and purposes, for thine is mine America as the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.